We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Almost half of D.C.'s traffic fatalities come from impaired driving. These deaths are 100% preventable. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. Never drive impaired. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drugged drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. A message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. Welcome to a special off-season edition of the Butting Heads Podcast. I'm Steve Ribeiro. As always, I'm here with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, it's mid-May. How's your football? How's your football uh, thoughts going? I'm just, be, I'm just like here waiting for uh, you know football to begin. I'm the SpongeBob in the restaurant, man. Just waiting. <laughs> I, uh, I, I just can't wait, man. It's like it just seems like so long ago since the disappointing Super Bowl. I send that gif of Spongebob to people at work all the time when they don't answer me promptly. It's, it's my favorite. <laughs> uh, li- oh, literally, I think my favorite my favorite meme. All right, well, it's May. Well, there's not that much Ram stuff to talk about, so we're going to be doing on today's episode and probably next week's episode, I think it's going to end up being a two-parter. We're going to run through every player in the NFL – and not every player in the NFL, but players that are either 
that have Hall of Fame potential, whether they're locks, whether they're on the bubble, whether they're nearly locks, whether they're guys that are pacing well enough to get to the Hall. Uh, we're going to run through the whole the whole thing on the show. Before we get to that, guys, don't forget you can get our podcast wherever you're getting your podcast. iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Android, Player FM, Radio Public, Spotify. If you like our show, give us five stars. Give us a rating uh, over there on Apple Podcasts especially. And don't forget to check out our other shows on the feed, Rams Talk Radio, uh, Tour Around the League is heating up right now. And they just had a member of the Fearsome Foursome on their podcast this week. Check that out if you haven't. And, of course, Rams Uncensored. Uh, I, I listened to some of the recent shows, and those guys are something. Uh, so definitely give that a listen. Uh, it's a great podcast. And, of course, you can find all of our shows on the Clutch Points app, uh, a great app delivering you NFL and NBA content. All right, so you got any prefaces here, Johnny, before we just kind of dive right into this? Uh, I separated this into a couple tiers. We're going to have locks, near locks, uh Guys that are well on pace if they play a couple more seasons, and then uh, guys who are a little past the prime but are pretty firmly on the bubble. Um, let's start with the locks first. I think that's kind of something people are going to be like, "Well, what about this guy?" And it's yeah. like, "Duh, yeah, that's going to happen." All right, so, so the locks, and there's probably other guys in this list that are locks, and we'll debate if they're stone cold locks. But these are guys that I just think are stone cold locks uh to get into the hall of fame these guys first go is in the ballot almost certainly gonna be first ballot hall of famers no question tom brady drew Brees, larry fitzgerald adrian peterson and i i think i'm putting jason witten in this group too any any argument on any of those guys not at all i mean i i feel like uh these are all guys that uh that I think if you were to ask anybody that would certainly agree with you. Yeah, I think, you know, Peterson, obviously he had some, some personal issues, uh, serious personal charges, but look, you know, he served a suspension. Uh, you know, we hope that he's become a better man because of what he went through and everything that happened with, uh, the whole, the whole process there. Um, and you know what, that, that could, hold some voters against him and you know maybe rightfully so but i'll just be honest marvin harrison got inducted into the hall of fame a couple years ago so i don't think that's gonna stop ap um aaron Rodgers probably in this group too uh, i don't know if you think he's gonna be a stone cold first ballot hall of famer you know if he retired today but i i had him like you look at his career accolades just on paper um like a lot of things we'll talk about in the show are Pro Bowls, All Pros, um, MVPs, whatnot, records they hold. Rodgers only has made seven Pro Bowls. Uh, he's only a two-time first-team All-Pro, one-time second-team, um, two-time MVP, Super Bowl MVP. But like, there's, there's no way this guy's not going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, right? Like, no way. Yeah, unless something really dramatic happens in his career like if his career were to suddenly end right now i don't know if he would be a first ballot but i think you could even make an argument that somewhere down the line you might consider him from the hall of fame and that's and and to be honest there's still a ton of career left in aaron Rodgers, so i 
you know, I think he's just going to continue to impress, you know, the league and continue to set accolades. So his career is far from over. So absolutely, I, I have to agree that I, I, it, it would just amaze me if Aaron, Aaron Rodgers doesn't make the Hall of Fame at this point in his career. I'd actually bet for Rodgers that if he retired today, I honestly think he'd be a first ballot, unless the, stack, the class was absolutely stacked. I don't know if he'd be like a – I don't think he'd be a unanimous first ballot or anything like that, but just for a guy who's played – and we just mentioned two quarterbacks, and we didn't mention Peyton Manning, who's not in the Hall of Fame yet, but you know isn't eligible. For a guy that's played with a lot of those guys while they're in their primes, and for so long, we just considered him the best quarterback in the league. I mean, we sit here and say, yeah, Tom Brady's the GOAT, but for the last like six or seven years, it's, we've all agreed that Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL, I think. There's been some debate, but I don't think it was a huge debate. Uh, even years, it's kind of like, And it's not the same because it's like a lesser extent, like how we gave a bunch of NBA MVPs to other people while it was unanimously considered that LeBron was the best player in the NBA. With Rodgers, I feel like he kind of was the best quarterback in the NFL, but you know, Cam Newton snuck an MVP, Matt Ryan snuck an MVP, but it was always Rodgers was the best. And the record that he has that probably, if it stays till the end of the career, he's the all-time leader in passing in passer rating for a career. You retire today, you have that record. You also have a good amount of Pro Bowls, two MVPs, and a Super Bowl MVP. I I just think he's first ballot if he if he retired today, and I think with another year or two on his belt, it it'll it won't even be a, a discussion. I don't even know if it's a discussion now. Well, there's certainly uh there's certainly something to be said about that because you even compare last season, you know, this is a guy that played his the entire season you know, with an injury last season. And and it wasn't even, you know, like a, you know, just something minor. It was an injury that was affecting him, you know, to getting away from pressure, throwing off his, uh, I believe it was his back foot. And he was still able to, to have one hell of a season. Wasn't maybe his best season, but it was certainly one of the, better seasons you know out of any quarterback out there so uh i you know you could certainly make the argument that aaron Rodgers could make the hall of fame if his career were to end you know right this moment uh it would be a tragedy for the packers though yeah well i i hope we get a couple more years of Rodgers. you know i don't like playing against him but uh, the guy makes any game he's on the field that much more exciting another this one might be a little controversial to have him in the stone cold locks, and we could debate this if you disagree. We also have the nearly locks category where we'll get to those guys. They're probably locks, but I think he retired today. I think JJ Watt is a no question Hall of Famer. The his accolades they're not that stacked up. Five time Pro Bowler, but a five time first team All Pro. So basically, any year he's healthy, he's first team All Pro. Uh, Man of the Year winner, Sportsman of the Year winner. Not that those are on the field accolades but that kind of adds to the the aura and the legacy of this guy three-time defensive player of the year uh even stuck a pro bowl mvp in there two-time sack leader i just think you know per star star power and stuff like that matters and i think this guy is about as big of a star as we've seen in the past decade on defense and 
No, I think he'll play a couple more years. He'll rack up a couple more accolades. It won't even, you know, it'll be an absolute no-brainer. But to me, I think it's a no-brainer now. I don't know if that's a hot take because, you know, five Pro Bowls isn't a ton uh, to consider a guy just an absolute lock. I I don't know if it, if it would be up for debate just because I think – I think when you really put things into perspective, you have to keep a couple of things in mind. For the past, oh gosh, maybe five to seven years, I'd say. Um, well, maybe about five years. Let's say for the past five years. Well, it's like a, it's like a seven-year stretch, but he he missed some time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And for 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 the past five years, you can honestly say that. If whenever you're thinking of defense or top defenders in the NFL, immediately at the top of the list was J.J. Watt, and it still currently is. He may not be at the top right now, but he's also not in his prime currently. He, uh, you know, certainly still one of the top defenders in the league, and you can even make the argument for top five, uh, maybe even top three. But that's kind of the point. This is this is a guy that you know people idolize and to an extent and i know i'm i may get some hate for this and and maybe even some hate from you but uh in essence i do feel he is a little bit overrated now uh, i'm not saying i'm not saying he's like he, he wasn't good because that that's definitely not true i think today but, but today he like as an active player right now he might be a little bit. He's probably is a little overrated. Uh, you're, are you saying just as a career as a whole? Not as you a can whole. say it. You don't have. We don't have no. to agree. No, no, trust me. It's called butting heads, uh, <laughs> and we butt heads in a, uh, on a a lot of issues, uh, like uh, if LeBron's better than Kobe. But that's another. Oh man, uh, that that's another issue, and we'll we'll get to that at some point. But uh, the. Uh, <laughs> In terms of J.J. Watt, he, um, I feel like a lot of, a lot of his hype, I will say, comes from, you know, kind of the power hits that he had out there, uh, you know, getting those big hits, those big licks on the quarterbacks, and that's exciting. That's what really draws people to the NFL and, and to football in general, is seeing those big hits out there. And, you know, J.J. Watt's a fun, nice guy, and that helps a lot, too. He, like you said, he in some ways he was kind of the face of the NFL at some point. But if you really look at what has happened throughout his career, you, you'll see a lot of injuries and things like that. Of course, things that are kind of out of his control, of course. But I don't know if you factor all that in and you can compare him to the greats like, um, you know, Bruce Smith or reggie white or some some one to that degree you know and and that's what i kind of compare i mean the, they're kind of out of position also but you, you get the idea yeah you know the, these are guys these are legends that are already in the hall of fame and comparing them to a guy like jj watt currently uh i'm not sure if i can do that uh, I, think... I know he's still he still has a lot left in his career, I think. Um, maybe at least three to five seasons left in him. 
but I, you know, ultimately that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Still, I think he will make the Hall of Fame. I don't think that's a question. But whether he uh, has a little bit of overratedness to him, I would say yes. I, I mean, yeah, I think it's kind. Of, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like you're not gonna like this. It's kind of how Kobe. Oh God! Isn't on the same level as MJ. Kind of like how no, JJ Watt's not on the same level as an LT or Reggie White. Um, and, and look, career-wise, he's not Kobe either. I'm not saying that. But I'm kind of saying, like, Kobe had a, has a similar aura when you're facing him. When he's across from you, like, as a, as a player, you would think, as MJ did. And I think Watt kind of has that aura around him. Like, it's kind of like, you know, he's a legend. He's He's one of the most – he just seems like one of the more legendary defensive players of the modern era. And, yeah, he's not, you know, Reggie White. But he's kind. Of, he's kind of has that larger than life stature that guys like you know even in modern, more modern guys like Ray Lewis kind of have when they're out there. Um, now he's got to add up some more accolades before he's in that conversation with them. But uh, not every player in the Hall of Fame is in that conversation. That's true. I mean, I I will say this. There, like you like you mentioned earlier, there's something to be said about a guy that's kind of so celebrated and to become the face of the NFL. And so to speak, he, J.J. Watt is probably one of the uh, bigger faces of the NFL, especially coming from a defensive player. That's not an easy accomplishment because uh, this league does pride themselves on offensive players, particularly quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I'm looking at – so he's got five – all pros. The only modern era guys with five first team all pros. Um, I'll start this at like 1980. Guys that played after that that aren't in the Hall of Fame yet, or may not be. Steve Hutchinson, who I think gets in eventually, um, and then Zach Thomas. You, Zach Thomas, Kevin Williams, and Patrick Willis. Uh, Willis kind of falls into a similar category as Watt. I think Willis, he retired early. I think he does get in. I don't know. I don't know if he'll be first ballot. I don't know if he's on the ballot yet, uh, but I think he's in it. Kevin Williams and Zach Thomas are tougher cases. I'd probably say no, but still it's, it's more likely than not that if you hit five time, five first team all pros, um, you're in. And I think Watt, I, he's going to play a couple more years and he's going to be fine. But I think today he's probably a lock and he could be first ballot. But uh, enough about JJ. Other players out in this tier that are guys that recently retired, Julius Peppers, Rob Gonkowski, Joe Thomas, and Darrell Revis. I, do you think these guys are all locks? I think Revis might be a uh, – I don't know. I feel like Revis is, is actually a complete lock. I don't know why I'm saying this. Uh, you know, as far as as all of them are concerned, I think they're all definitely locks at some point. Although I will say, Revis, I don't know if he would make it like a first ballot. I think it will take some time for a guy like Revis to make it. And it, it you know, with Revis, uh, I feel like there was, you know, a time where he was like, you know, the the lockdown corner in the NFL, and then there were times where it was like. 
what happened to Daryl Rivas. He, uh, he had a quick fall off. Yeah, very quick. And that's kind of something you have to measure also. He, not to say his career wasn't great because he had a fantastic career, but you know, that's something you have to measure too. Is this guy, you know, who's about to go into legends, uh, legendary categories, good enough to be in the hall of fame. And to some degree, you can also make an argument with a Rams hall of famer, uh, in Dick, the night train lane, who, you know, had a very quick drop off much like, uh, Daryl Rivas did. So, you know, if you want to make an argument for Revis, you can also bring up Lane, who, you know, he does hold the record and still holds to this day for a long time, for decades, uh, most interceptions in a single season. Oddly enough, he did that his rookie year. So, you know, that kind of thing is is something you, you need to measure. But uh, I think eventually that Revis will get the nod just because he was that good. Yeah, I but, think, and I think um, you know Gronk is kind of in a similar place just because how short his career was, but you know Revis and Gronk, you know Gronk, I think Pat is uh, at his peak the best tight end of all time. Uh, he didn't hold it for that long. Revis, not the best cornerback of all time, but his run of dominance is up there with the most dominant runs by players at that position. Um, and you know you could. I don't know if you can throw a Watt because the other guys are so freaking good. But, like, um, Rodgers is is, is kind of in that conversation too. Uh, there's two kind of locks. I think it's guys like that who they were just so dominant and it wasn't just like a one or two-year thing. Like, it was a couple of years. And there's guys like Larry Fitzgerald and Drew Brees who they they if they were the best player at their position, it wasn't for that long. But they're always near the. They were always near the top during their primes, and they played for so long, and they're still good. Uh, Breeze, especially Fitzgerald, is he's not the guy he used to, but he's still a very good player. And I that's those are the kind of guys that you definitely see because they just rack up numbers and rack up accolades. And we'll talk about guys like like both of them, I think, later on here. Um, but I think that's a, that's enough for the the hard locks. And I think before we get into the near locks. Uh, let's talk about our sponsor, Jim Hawk, and his book, Hollywood's Team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. Guys, I know most of us are practically addicted to anything LA Rams, but if you want to learn more about the team's history with a bit of a personal touch, check out this story of a son's of the son's story of his father and the team he, for, he played for in the era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. You'll read about players in this book like Norm Van Brocklin, Crazy Leg Search, Tom Fierce, and Les Richter in this book spanning the 1950s L.A. Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at HollywoodSteam.com and on Twitter at HollywoodSteam. It's available in both hardback and electronic form at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You can also find this book through various other booksellers on the internet. Guys, I'm reading this book. Johnny's read it. It's worth every penny for any Rams fan out there. But it's also just a great story about a person's father and the legacy he left behind. Again, guys, trust me. That's Hollywoodsteam, Great Glamour, and the 1950s L.A. Rams by Jim Hawk. It's well worth your time. All right, Johnny. The near locks. These guys, I think, they're they're almost certainly in. Um, I think it would take a lot for them not to get in. Let's start with Antonio Gates. Uh, we mentioned Witten and Gronk, I think, are locks. And I think Gates is – he might be a lock, and you might disagree with me. I just had him near locks. Just, I don't think it's completely unanimously and definitive – 
partially because of the other tight ends in his era. You know, we might think of him a little less because we got Witt and Gronk and Gonzalez, whereas, um, I don't know, it's, I, I could just see that not benefiting him. But he's got eight Pro Bowls, three-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro, six all-time receiving touchdowns. He's over 100, and every player with over 100 touchdowns is in the Hall of Fame. Uh, you think he's in the right tier, or you think he should be in the top tier? I think he should be in the top tier, honestly. Uh, in in some regards, I, I find him like one of the better options uh, in terms of lengthwise of his career than, say, that of Jason Witten. Um, you know, for surely longer than even Gronk, but I will say Gronk may be the better tight end at his peak, uh, if that makes sense. But um, Antonio Gates, he he truly was the only offense. For a long time, for the San Diego Chargers, uh, well, you know, only, in terms of only rece- okay, yeah, I was going to say receiving because uh, you know they had LT there for a while. They, yes, I, I, I was getting there. Re- relax, <laughs> don't, don't, don't butt heads with me just yet. Yes, I, I'm aware of of LT, who you know, oh, man, he did carry the Chargers along a, a lot too. But I, I think when you go back to that era of San Diego Charger football, it's it's just kind of amazing because they actually had a solid team, but not an offensive line, and at some points, uh, not even a quarterback, really. So, um, you know, if you put Antonio Gates in, like, that right system, if you put him in that, you know, high-flying offense, uh, you know, this is a guy that even gets better and that's kind of a scary thought. I mean, this this is a guy that you didn't want to cover at all. So the fact that you you put all these factors together, and in my opinion, I, I would even put him a little bit higher than Jason Witten. Not that Jason Witten wasn't talented. Obviously, you know, we both agree that he is a lock. Um, but for me, Gates is, is really high up there for me. I, I think he's a very talented tight end and certainly deserves a, a spot in the Hall of Fame. All right. Yeah, I think you sold me. I'll take the L on that. Let's move up to the locks. Uh, one of the best Madden players of all time. Uh, he used to run that post route back in the day. Money, he catches that ball, catches that ball every time. It's it's a no-brainer. Um, yeah, near lock, I mean, these the guys in this year are almost certainly going to get in. And I'll, I'll move up to the locks. You know what? I'm with you. He, he, was, he had a dominant stretch, and... Uh, I guess if we're going to put Gronk in the locks, I think you put Gates up there too. Next guy on my list, uh, Jason Peters of the Philadelphia Eagles, Super Bowl champ, nine-time Pro Bowler, uh, two-time first-team All-Pro, four-time second-team All-Pro. Kind of a little logjam on the offensive line right now but uh, in terms of getting into the Hall of Fame. But if you have nine Pro Bowls, I know Pro Bowls aren't everything, but it's it's almost – impossible to not get into the hall of fame with nine pro bowls that's a lot of pro bowl selections and those guys almost always uh get in uh but i I think i put him in the near lock just because he he is a hall of famer but i don't think he's on the same tier as these other guys we talked about yeah you know the the thing is i like jason peters a lot he's always been kind of that guy that i feel is hasn't gotten the glory that he deserves. Uh, you know, he isn't celebrated as much as, you know, anyone. And 
going back to even while the when the Eagles were, you know, uh, doing very well, you know, this is this is a guy that you really want on your team and a guy that really helped their team out quite a bit. And he's an unsung hero, such as most offensive linemen. The difference here is not only was Jason Peters kind of out of the limelight and everything, he wasn't that celebrated. You're also talking about, as you mentioned, a log jam at offensive line in the Hall of Fame. <sighs> yeah, that's that's tough. I, I really want this guy in the Hall of Fame, and I do think he will get in, but it, it's going to be a long time. There's actually a few Rams offensive linemen that I feel like should be in the Hall of Fame, guys like uh, you know Rich Saul. I feel like to belong in the Hall of Fame, but there's just such a uh, a demand, or well, not really a demand, but there's such a high calling for offensive linemen going into uh, the Hall of Fame that it's it's tough to get in, and it even took you know guys like uh, you know Orlando Pace to even get up uh, into consideration really a while, and these are guys that I felt should have been a first ballot. So, um, Peters, I, I love, I love the guy. I think he's really underrated, uh, throughout his entire career. And I do think he's going to get in, but yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think he's uh near lock. It's just going to be a while. Yeah. And he- here's the modern guys that aren't in with nine pro pro bowls. Alan Fanica, very, very similar situation. I, I think, no, he's not in the Hall of Fame yet, but I do feel like Fanica is a lock to get in at some point. Uh, I think it's just we've had some really good classes over the last couple of years. John Lynch, different position, but same thing. I, I think Lynch gets in uh, eventually once some spots open up for him. Then you've got uh, Charles Woodson, DeMarcus Ware, not eligible yet, but I, I think they're both locks. And um, Ruben Brown, nine-time Pro Bowl guard for the for the bills he 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 hasn't gotten in he hasn't got a lot of consideration there's a chance that peters kind of goes that path a little bit but i i I think he's got the better case partially because he got the two first team all pros and you know part of an iconic super bowl team to be honest he was the leader on that team um yeah but i think we've said enough about peters i He's not on the same tier as those guys, but he I feel like he gets in eventually. I feel like it's similar to what Fanica went through. Let's go with Von Miller. Um he's still very good. He's he's gonna pop these numbers up. He's gonna move into the locks. But right now, I think I have him I I, I think he's near lock right now, and I think it's very, very likely that if he retired today, he'd be a Hall of Famer. Seven-time Pro Bowler, three-time first-team All-Pro, four-time second-team All-Pro, and a Super Bowl champ and a Super Bowl MVP, which is a big deal as a defensive player, um, especially when you dominate the game like he did. Uh, Look, the near locks are guys that I definitely think are going to be Hall of Famers, and Miller, I think, even if he doesn't play another down for the rest of his life, he's done enough. There's no doubt about it. I mean, with Vaughn Miller, I I don't think there's a lot of people out there that realize how much Vaughn Miller really affected modern day football, you know, Uh, in terms of especially when you go into like the current things like uh, the excitement of the NFL draft. Uh, These are 
you know, he's such a good player that scouts, teams, everyone is looking for the next Vaughn Miller. They're looking for guys with similar uh, builds, similar, uh, you know, stats in, in college, similar um, abilities. You know, he he's the kind of guy that does these kinds of things that make scouts crazy about things like the NFL Combine, you know, and that's kind of amazing that, you know, a guy like him can do all this and have such a big enough, uh, big effect. And I, to tell you the truth, I remember him coming out of the NFL draft and wanting the Rams to pick him up. And of course we were nowhere near where we could select him at the time. I believe, I believe that was, if I'm not mistaken, that was back. Oh man. I, I'm, I'm blanking here. Von but, was drafted uh, in 2011. Uh, yes. So okay. figures just after, the one good season the Rams had during that little time frame. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> I, I wanted Von Miller so badly, but uh, ultimately that didn't happen. But, you know, we've seen what he's done for the Broncos, uh, Super Bowl uh, MVP. You know, that's, that's amazing. I, that doesn't happen frequently. You know, it's always given to a quarterback practically. So, for for a guy like Von Miller, uh, who who changes the game as much as he does, I think eventually he will get into the Hall of Fame. Uh, as of now, I, I don't know if he would be a first ballot, you know, right this second. But like you said, he's still very good. He may not be in his prime anymore, but he's certainly enough for people to, um, you know, try and develop a plan around him because he's he's still he's still making these amazing plays so yeah von miller i i know will be a lock at some point but i'll agree at this time he's a near lock uh defensive players that have won super bowl mvp in the last couple years von miller in 2016 um malcolm smith in 2014 dexter jackson in 2003 and ray lewis in 2001 uh, and then before that larry brown for the cowboys in uh 96 um, but you look at those MVPs, I mean, Vaughn, I think out of those guys, he's the one that straight up single-handedly manhandled and controlled the entire game. Uh, Malcolm Smith had a huge game. Ray Lewis had a huge game. Even Dexter Jackson had a huge game. But I think the Jackson one and the Lewis ones to a lesser extent were, you know, the defense has won these games. Let's give it to the guy who seemed like they shined the most. Um but the Von Miller one was like, yo, this guy completely dominated the game in the same way that, like, Nick Foles did two years ago, in the same way that quarterbacks take over games. He just completely annihilated Cam Newton that entire game. It was one of the most dominating playoff performances by a defensive player we maybe ever, it might be ever the best one because he just owned that game. And no, if. He never laced him up again. I don't know if he'd be first ballot, but I'd bet he'd be second or third ballot uh, at the at the minimum because that guy has had a hell of a career. All right, last in this group, and then we then I have a complicated group that's in between. Uh, it's pretty much part of this group, but I, I want to separate it because I think it deserves it. Let's go with Adam Vinatieri, four time Super Bowl champion, three time Pro Bowler, three time first team All Pro. You know, if you're a kicker going into the Hall of Fame, those numbers don't jump off the page. But he holds the NFL record for most field goals made and most career points. 44 straight field goals made 
is another record of his. He's yeah, he's the most iconic kicker in the history of football. And he's playing, what is this, year like 24? And he might play another couple of years after this. Uh, it's, it, it, when you think of kickers, you think of Adam and Terry. And I think if that's, um, if you can say that about a player at a position, they have to be in the Hall of Fame, right? For the most part, absolutely. And then the, the thing about Adam and Terry, too, is he... <laughs> You know, I, I will say this about Vinatieri: he his best years are behind him. He's not nearly as consistent as he as he was. But this was a guy, especially in like the bigger games, like the Super Bowls. Uh, this was a guy you didn't want to see heading out on the field because he was Mister Clutch. He was a guy that made pretty much any field goal under pressure, and it, it's just it was like an omen seeing him out there just because it was like, well, there goes the game or at least damn, they're going to tie it at least. So for a guy like that to have such a mark in history and have the stats to back him up along with it. I mean, these, they're not even just regular stats either. I mean, these are impressive stats. I mean, most field goals made, most points in the in the game. I know it may not be that impressive con- coming from a kicker, but he's still probably one of the best, if not the best kicker of all time. So you you got to give it up to him. And in my opinion, there, he, he's he's pretty much a lock. You know, I I I just couldn't. I, I would be extremely extremely surprised if this guy doesn't make the super uh the <laughs> doesn't make the hall of fame he already made the super bowl many times many times and probably the wrong place to be matching those super bowls uh, i mean you look back at at tom brady's first super bowl run think of the three most iconic plays from that playoff run one of them is the tuck rule play and the other two are adam Vinatieri field goals so it's it says a lot you can't tell the story of the nfl without mentioning Adam and Terry. And I think that alone, when you're talking about a kicker, that gets you in the Hall of Fame, I think, uh, if that part of the story is a positive. And, yeah, I think uh, it's weird to say kicker is a lock, but Terry thinks it's a no-brainer. All right, this next group I'm broken together because it's two guys who I think are in the New York locks here, and then one guy I don't know what to do with. We had to group the entire 2004 draft QB class together, I think. That makes sense. Uh, they're so tied to each other's histories, I think. Um, you know, the one who we probably think is the best out of the bunch is the one without the Super Bowls. That's Philip Rivers. And there's Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, and then, of course, Eli Manning. If you look at the all-time uh, leaders in passing stats, if you look at yards, Roethlisberger 6, Eli 7th, Rivers is 8. If you look at touchdowns, Rivers is 6, Roethlisberger 7th, and Eli's 8th. Um, it's, it's, you get, you can't, you have to group these guys together. I'll just run through their list of accomplishments and then we can figure out who we want to start with rivers, eight time pro bowler. And then the stats we just mentioned, he's going to be up there in every passing yards category, but he doesn't have the playoff success. Roethlisberger is a six time pro bowler, um, two time Super Bowl champion, two time NFL passing leader, six in yards, uh, all time. We mentioned that already. Uh, he's fifth in postseason yards. The top 13 guys are Hall of Famers or going to be Hall of Famers in that stat. 
Uh, he holds the record for most touchdowns in consecutive games or most games with a touchdown and most career 500 yard performances. Three, he's only got three of them. Um, and then there's Eli Manning. Four Pro Bowls, but he's got two Super Bowl MVPs. Two of the most iconic Super Bowl performances ever. And he's going to be, again, with these guys and all these passing numbers. None of these guys really have all pros. Uh, at no point were any of these guys considered the best quarterback in the NFL, I think. They're all up there. Uh, Eli might have never even been up there, but Rivers and Roethlisberger certainly were. I None of them are lo- like definitive locks, but I, I want to know out of this group what, what you think their Hall of Fame odds are. Okay, so I I will say that I do think Ben Roethlisberger is a lock for the Hall of Fame just because of the amount of success he's had overall in his career. He has the Super Bowl to, to back him up. You know, he – I mean, you, you listed out the stats just now, and, and honestly, it's – to me, he, he's a surefire Hall of Famer. I don't know. You you could make an argument for a first ballot, but I, I don't think so. Uh, and you're right to an extent that he never really was the top, you know, quarterback in the league ever. Uh, at least not that I can recall. Um, and the same goes for the other guys. But of the three, in my opinion, Ben Big Ben definitely is uh, the biggest lock out of them all. Uh, I, I just chiming in. I completely agree. I think that's exactly right. And I don't think I need anything on Ben. Uh, I, I, I don't think he'd be a first ballot uh, unless he has a, a crazy run near the end of his career here, which, look, he could. Uh, he, he's still good. But um, he, he seems like he'll be a Hall of Famer for sure. The interesting thing out of this all, and and you kind of made a brief mention of this, is Philip Rivers – at least talent-wise, may have been the better quarterback out of the three. I don't even – honestly, I don't even think it's really a debate. And today he's still clearly the best of the three, uh, you know, and they're all the same age. And I think for the last couple of years you'd probably give Rivers the benefit of the doubt. Roethlisberger had a, had a bit of a run where, you know, at least out of the gate he was definitely the best, and he probably held that for a while. But I, I definitely think Rivers is the best of this the three, but it's just – it's not entirely on him, but he just doesn't have the playoff success that uh, Roethlisberger's had. And obviously, freaking Eli, uh, who is somehow – I can't even believe he's in this debate, but it, you can't have a Hall of Fame debate without him. One thing I will say about Rivers, and it has absolutely nothing to do with his skill set because it's clear that he is a very, very talented quarterback and one of the better talented quarterbacks the NFL has ever seen. But the thing about what makes a true Hall of Fame quarterback is a guy that can take control of games and win big games. And it's clear that that's not Phillip Rivers. He, we've seen him choke so many times in the big games. And don't get me wrong, it's not always his fault. Because, you know, again, we've mentioned the offensive line. We've mentioned, you know... Uh, in, in some aspects, too, some of the coaching staff that he's seen over the years has not been in his favor either. 
So for Philip Rivers, talent-wise, he's a he's a lock. But in terms of you know taking control, that true leader on the field, if you're if you're gonna ask me who I want, you know down down by a touchdown with uh you know with the two minute drill in the Super Bowl, he's not my go to guy of the guys here. I would easily pick. Uh, Big Ben and even to some regard Eli Manning and I know that's gonna you know upset some some Charger fans out there but hey at least Eli has proven that he can win the big games and win it with gusto so for me with Philip Rivers I do think he makes it eventually but I think he'll be like one of one of the last quarterbacks of of uh you know this of these three to make it for sure. And I, I don't know if he'll make it, you know, he, he might be in the last, in the last opportunities to make it just because again, talent wise, absolutely lock. But in terms of being able to win the big games, I don't know if you can really make the argument for, for Phillip rivers. No, and look, it's all fair. And that's all going to be, you know, you're, that's not just make him not a great player, but when you're talking about being a Hall of Famer and the NFL Hall of Fame, it, it's it's a little difficult to make. Uh, it's, you're not shoe-ins for the Hall of Fame just because you, you have eight Pro Bowls. Uh, it, it helps, yeah, but uh, none of these guys have the All-Pros to back it up. I, I think I, – I don't think he's on the ballot for a long time, but I think he, I would say he's pretty much a lock uh, just because he's going to be really high up in the passing stats. He did make eight Pro Bowls. He was good for a really long time, and I, he just he seems like a Hall of Famer to me. Um, and I don't know, but it is weird that he didn't the playoff success. And he had some really good teams. They just they got unlucky, man. Uh, and that's when you get unlucky for so long, a lot, that stuff falls on the quarterback. Uh, there's no there's no question about it. He had a lot of weapons to play with during his career. I, look, I'll start on the third guy. All right, answer me this question. If we completely disregard playoff success, who had a better career, Eli Manning or Tony Romo? Oh, Don't count man. the Super Bowls. Don't count anything that happened in the playoffs. You're going to upset a lot of people in your area. You know that, it's right? It's Romo, and it's not even close. But the Super Bowls <laughs> happened, and he was so good. They don't win those Super Bowls without him. They don't make the Super Bowls without him. Uh, you switch him with Tony Romo, they probably don't win those Super Bowls. Even though I think Romo's a better player, like, it's for it to have, like, you look at Joe Flacco, he had that incredible run, but it was just a run. For Eli, it happened twice. And the fact that it happened twice and, um, you know, four Pro Bowls are not a lot, but it proves that, you know, he was good enough to make the Pro Bowl a couple times. Like you look at you, I'm pulling up Flacco now. I don't believe he ever made a Pro Bowl. He never made a Pro Bowl. So his run was like a huge fluke. And Eli, Eli feels like a. <laughs> no offense to Flacco, man. I mean, he's a, he's had a fine career and he had one of the best playoff runs of all time. But like, ugh, I don't like to me. I, I Eli. I hate to say it, he's going to be a Hall of Famer, and I I hate to say because I really don't think he was that good, but. The fact that, you know, he's – Rivers is going to pass him in yards 
and he's probably you know guys are going to come up and pass him but when he comes up for the hall of fame there's a good chance that he's still a top 10 in yards and touchdowns um and definitely top 15 and you look at his career and you remember those super bowls and i i kind of said the same thing about vinatieri you know you I don't know if you could tell the story of the game without Eli Manning. You can definitely tell it without Philip Rivers, uh, and and maybe even without Ben Roethlisberger. But uh, for him to have done that twice, um, and to be the quarter, the catalyst in the biggest upset in the history of the NFL, it's <laughs> I cannot wait to see his what when he comes up on the ballot, what happens, but. I mean, I don't know if I'd vote for him, but he, I think he's going to get in. I, I think he's going to get in. I don't think he's in the near locks tier. I think I had him in the on-the-bubble tier, but I, I moved him up to this because I feel like it's best to talk about these three guys together. But, man, I, I think this dude gets into the Hall of Fame. Steve, look outside your window. Right now, all of New York is uh Oh, I hate the Giants. I ha- I'm happy to wear this as a badge of honor. <laughs> <laughs> the pitchforks and the torches are outside of your home right now, and they're they're just waiting to to just thrash you, man. Just by mentioning him, mentioning Eli Manning with Tony Romo, they are ready to thrash you, man. But I mean, like, <laughs> who you think? Do you think it's Romo too? <sighs> um, if you if you don't compare him with the Super Bowl or the playoff success, you can certainly make an argument. I, I don't think that's out of the question. But the fact is you you can't not take that out of the equation. No, I mean, yeah. And that's it's definitely part of the equation. Honest, if you if you compare not only with that and then Romo's history in the playoffs, um yeah the you pretty much are screwed there if you're Tony Romo. I, I think <laughs> I think Romo got a bad rap. I I think he's going to go down as one of the more underrated quarterbacks. But I don't want to have Romo debate because he's not going to be a Hall of Famer. There's no chance. So continue with Eli. <laughs> okay. As for Eli Manning, I I don't know if I would consider this guy you know, one of the, the greater quarterbacks that will probably get into the Hall of Fame? No, you know. You will not. <laughs> you don't have to say I don't know. But you you can't deny the success he's had in the playoffs, the success he had in the Super Bowls. And, hey, that's ultimately what the game of the NFL is all about is getting to the promised land, getting to the Super Bowl. There are teams that have never won a Super Bowl yet. And Eli has two rings. And not only does he have the rings, but he has the performances to back them up too. These, When you're playing your opponents, you're playing the best of the best. And considering you know, you're talking about the Patriots in, in these matchups, uh, when you when you're talking about the Patriots, who not is just basically... the Patriots, the the best Patriots team ever. Uh, I don't care that they didn't win the Super Bowl; they were the best out of all the teams in '07, and they lost well, to Eli Manning. And there you have it. And 
you know, you put that all into effect. And that's amazing because we're talking about a Patriots era that's not even an era anymore. It's a dynasty. You don't see this anymore, you know, and that that's that's incredible. They put an arrow through the heart of Boston. You know, that's that's incredible. So you have to consider this for for the Hall of Fame. Ideally, out of all three of these guys, I still think Eli is not the uh, the better quarterback, and I think you can agree with that. But you can't deny his performances in the Super Bowl. You cannot deny his career, albeit it's up and down for sure. Now he's certainly on the decline. Um, but he also had um, he also had a successor and in. in uh, replacing uh, someone you might be familiar with, Steve. Kurt Warner. Exactly. This And and keep in mind, Kurt Warner may have not been in his prime, but uh, this is also the same Kurt Warner that led the Arizona Cardinals to a Super Bowl, uh, even though they lost. But <laughs> but you get, the, you get the point. So Eli Manning, he definitely gets into the Hall of Fame, and I'd say he'd even get into the Hall of Fame before that of Philip Rivers, which is just stunning to me because I know for a fact that Philip Rivers is the better quarterback of the two. But the success that Eli has had, it's just unquestioned. And, yeah, it's just – it's amazing that these three guys came out of one draft class. Yeah. That's incredible. One of the best QB classes ever. And – I I I, can't, I hope that Rivers and Eli retire around the same time because I want to see them on the same ballot together because I'll be fascinated with who gets into the Hall of Fame first. The kicker on Eli is that there's five players in the history of the league who have won, won multiple Super Bowl MVPs, and he's one of them. And it'd be different if he had like no regular season success, but look, he does. He he started for a long time. He made a couple Pro Bowls. He's going to be very high up in the career accolades. And th- th- those Super Bowls matter. They they matter. And that 07 is one of the most iconic victories ever. They don't win those games without him. Uh, you know, he literally – the only players with more Super Bowl MVPs than him are Joe Montana and Tom Brady, which is so ridiculous. Um, I'm ending this podcast here. We we will be back next week with the rest of um, these Hall of Fame guys. We're going to talk about guys that are well on their way to getting the Hall of Fame and some firm on the bubble candidates. Uh, but Johnny, um, <laughs> you got any parting thoughts before I put my hand together? You ready to do this again? We're going to record these back to back, people. Uh, just. Value your quarterbacks, man, because you never know where they're going to end up. If you have a great quarterback, you pay him $30 million a year. Uh, so oh, get, ready. <laughs> get ready to do that. All right, guys, uh, don't forget, give us a rating wherever you're getting your podcast, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at TalkRams, at Steve Ribeiro, at Johnny5, not 6, and on Facebook, at Facebook.com slash RamsTalk. And if you're looking for your, get our podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Android, Google Play, Player FM, Spotify, and IEVRadio.com. For Johnny Gomez and Steve Ribeiro, talk to you soon.
Let's make Vision Zero a reality in DC. Almost half of DC's traffic fatalities come from impaired driving. These deaths are 100% preventable. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. Never drive impaired. DC police are arresting drunk and drugged drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. A message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.